place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where love no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow In Sunspots Comics now Oh, make me over I'm all I wanna be Aloha, comic book fans! Welcome to the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 199, where I'll be doing some recommending and lightly reviewing of the best of the new comic books that just came out, New Comic Book Day, Wednesday, March 6th. And this particular podcast ate its last piece of knowing gum, so has all the answers. Well, at least for a few minutes anyway. <laughs> I am your friendly neighborhood host, Chris Latori. Thank you so much for joining me. I seriously hope that the ones that you love, the people that are close to you in your life, and you yourself are happy and healthy. That's what's most important. Please do us a tiny favor. Hit the subscribe button to the Sunspots Comics podcast. Then go and check out all of our past podcasts on our gigantic podcast feed. And then please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, and YouTube. All at one easy place to find, at Sunspots Comics. That's us. You found us. Thank you. And I always love to start the show with some humble thank yous. Most importantly, thank you to you. Yes, you the listener. Thank you so much for finding us. I know there's a gajillion podcasts out there, but thank you so much for tuning in, listening to the Sunspots Comics podcast. Whether it's your first time, you're just checking us out, or you're one of our Sunspots Comics loyalists, seriously, thank you for choosing the Sunspots Comics podcast. And next, thank you to my friend, Nick Papa George. He is always the guy singing our fantastic theme song at the beginning, the intro and outro of this podcast. Please check out his solo singing stuff on Instagram at nicholas.dell and his band Solution on Instagram at solution underscore band. If you love island style reggae mixed with some rock, some sweet guitar licks, you're going to love the sounds of my friend Nick Papa George and his band Solution. So please check them out and thank you to my friend Nick. Also, thank you to our sponsor, Pop-Up Tea. Check out their huge, mungus selection of nerdy t-shirts at popuptea.com. I mean, seriously, any nerdy thing you can think of, they have a shirt for it. Use the promotional code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you'll get 25% off of any shirt order on Pop-Up Tea. That's right, even the clearance stuff. So very affordable nerdy t-shirts. Go check out popuptea.com. And now, I actually wore some knee pads this time, so... Let's make a gigantic superhero landing. Oh, that didn't hurt at all. Uh, right into the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue 199, starting out with some stuff. That's been floating around up inside of my nerdy brain. The first nugget of nerd lodged ever so deeply in my nerdy frontal lobe is my review of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the MCU film Captain Marvel. And before I begin, of course, this is your spoiler alert. Let me ring the bell. But really, don't worry, I won't go too crazy, but just in case. Spoiler-ish light alert. And first off, I can't believe this is the 21st MCU film starting in 2008 with Iron Man. I can't believe it's been 11 friggin' years. The time just blinked on by. Talk about some, just an amazing body of film work. It's just fantastic. That is the Marvel Universe. Oh, also, I went to Disneyland last week, and I just loved watching people just sporting Captain Marvel stuff, from kids' outfits to, to shirts to toys uh, and more, all kinds of stuff, and uh, boys and girls. 
And it's just nice to see that there are already people walking around proudly sporting Captain Marvel stuff. That was just really nice. And uh, I hope to see more of it. More kids, more boys, more girls. People just wearing Captain Marvel stuff. Uh, it just makes me proud to see people wearing it proudly as they walk around the earth. So now, anyway, here we go. On to the Captain Marvel movie. This is my review. I got to see it with my wife on IMAX uh, Thursday, early Thursday evening, which was nice. A little bit early. And I gotta say, right from the get-go, it's always fun to see a, a premiere Marvel movie, premiere night, with the hardcore Marvel fans. Because when the movie opened, I just absolutely adored the new updated Marvel logo that scrolls on the screen that was all converted to just being all Stan Lee. You know the image, it's the one we see with Captain America and the Hulk and Spider-Man and Iron Man as the Marvel logo sort of rises. Well, they changed every single person in that logo to just be Stan Lee. And the crowd cheered. It was a fantastic montage. I, got, I have the chills right now thinking about it. I completely teared up. It was uh, the most emotional moment of the evening uh, watching the premiere of Captain Marvel. That was just uh, worth my price of admission right there. So uh, hats off and hello to the great beyond, to Stan Lee. He would be proud looking down upon us. Just a wonderful Marvel logo montage. You got to see that alone. It was beautiful. Uh, I'll just start with the, uh, the graphics, the special effects. They absolutely pulled it off. It was, of course, uh, they, they lined up the Marvel program algorithm that makes people younger. <laughs> Samuel Jackson definitely looked in his late 20s or something, early 30s. And maybe his body didn't quite move uh, the way to match the youngness of his face. One little knock there. But man, the, the space battle scene... Glorious, fantastic laser effect and speed blurring and just the movement of the ship was just fantastic. Top-notch graphics and special effects that we've all come to expect in a Marvel movie. So expect no less there. Sound-wise, especially in those space battle scenes, which I kind of felt like we didn't get enough of those, the sound was fantastic. I mean, I was seeing an IMAX, so things are a little louder. Uh, <laughs> they just blow your eardrums off in an IMAX theater, typically. A little bit of that was happening here, but it surrounded you, it enveloped you, it immersed you. The sound was fantastic. All the punching seemed appropriate, and all of the energy blasts seemed right, and the laser beam blasts coming out of guns, it all felt right, it felt heavy, it felt like what you would expect, of course, from a Marvel film. So... Graphics and sound, plus, plus, plus. You know, the visuals. One thing I thought was important, they did a lot of uh, sort of real sets to really sell the 90s hard. They they went all out to really make it feel uh, like the 90s. I really appreciate that. It felt authentic uh, to the point of even Captain Marvel wearing a sort of grungy <laughs> flannel tied around her waist. It felt like the 90s. It, they, she crash lands in a blockbuster video. <laughs> and I love how she kind of stops and looks at a... Grabs a VHS and it's it's the right stuff. You know, perfectly matched this kind of space movie. And she's got the right stuff. It was like exclamation point. Badass. Enjoyed that. Uh, random thought that I really enjoyed was Goose the Flurkin. The kitty. I, I loved that we didn't know what it was. Didn't know what to expect. And hats off also on a point to the visuals because it's tough to pull out pull off animals with fur in movies. They did a fantastic job with this. Mixed in some actual live action cat and then kind of nicely 
just converted to CG and it, it felt seamless. Your eyes know when it happens. Come on, let's be realistic. But they really did a good job of making you kind of wonder if this is where it's happening. When does it start? But great uh, as far as Goose, the Flurkin, goes. Having to CG a cat, you know, that's just, that's got to be, that had to have cost $90,000 <laughs> just for that alone, per second or something crazy. Um, oh, I, I loved the all rocking ladies 90s soundtrack. Uh, it, I was kind of mentally taking a note as they played every single song from Hold to, to Gwen Stefani to uh, Heart. No, there was um, Kiss Me Deadly. It was just so many just perfectly fitting 90s tracks that were all ladies that seemed to fit really well. It didn't feel too kind of on the nose. Uh, maybe I'm just a girl. I don't know, maybe a smidge, but it still just all fit correctly. Love the 90s soundtrack. I had to go through some of my CDs, convert over to the iTunes to get some of those tracks. I was like, man, I miss listening to Hole. Let me go grab that. Courtney Love, rockin'. So absolutely love the 90s soundtrack. Uh, and orchestration, phenomenal. There, w It was memorable. There's a kind of a, a tune in my head. I can't hum it. It won't make sense. But I love when they do that, when soundtracks, when they play this sort of theme when you see Captain Marvel at that strong point uh, in her appearance. And it, they sold it here. The orchestration adds a nice little underlining, little bordering, a little bolding, if you will, of when uh, Brie Larson is there as Captain Marvel in a kind of position of strength. It's like, dun, 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 dun. I can't, ex uh, I, I, but it's in my head. So hats off, yes, to the orchestration. It paired very well, just like a nice fine wine. It was it was beautifully done. A good red. <laughs> but anyway, um, acting. Uh, everyone across the board, I would say, absolutely delivered. Brie Larson, at times, she comes off as a bit, I don't know, kind of stiff at times. She seems to always kind of have this... I don't know, this very kind of calm look on her face. <laughs> I'm, like She's kind of like a peaceful sort of look. Uh, in, in scenes where you're kind of like, you know, that you would think someone would be a little more emotional about something. But that's just kind of her style. She came off as quirky and gave off this kind of, kind of that she's kind of odd fish out of water as we're seeing it through her eyes. So it wasn't a huge knock, maybe just a tiny one that some of the moments she was just very, very calm, very straight faced. And this movie overall didn't have, like, a seriously emotional moment that, like, got me choked up. They kind of went there a little bit with Carol Danvers and her good friend, which her last name's Rambo. She is a Marvel character I vaguely kind of remember. She's a badass fighter pilot. And and the niece, Rambo's daughter. But it just didn't, it didn't really grab me, didn't bring me to that kind of heavy, tearful, emotional place. That's fine. Just a small knock, if you will. One that comes into my mind immediately is the opening sequence and the very ending of Guardians of the Galaxy Part 1. That pops into my head, uh, the scene with his mother. And at the very end, the cassette, remember? As we we can hear the echoes of his mother's voice again uh, for Star-Lord. But that's okay. It's just a small knock. But I think a lot of that comes from maybe, again, that Brie Larson, very calm, peaceful look on her face. When uh, sometimes moments were a bit bonkers and, and needed a little bit like, huh? face. But that's okay. It's a small knock. And the story. I absolutely enjoyed the story. Be, be warned here. I won't spoil it too much, but there might be some spoilery stuff right here, of course. Uh, the, the big villain surprise, which I won't describe. I did not see it coming, which is a serious main plot line of the film. That is Captain Marvel. I was very, very surprised with that. And I was really happy with the reveal in the film, which, like I said, it's a centerpiece here, folks, of what happens. But... 
There were twists and turns. It is an origin film. She does have memory issues, so things are sometimes done in a scattering, sort of dreamy, flashbacky effect that happens. But it wasn't like, oh gosh, there's another dream sequence. There's another flashback sequence. It didn't feel overdone. It felt with a fantastic pace. I'd say Act 1 was maybe the slowest. It was maybe a little heavier in the origin part of it, but ramped right up into a very satisfying third act. And I just, like I said, I really enjoyed the twists, and I really enjoyed the fast pace of it, the fun, fast pace that is Captain Marvel, the movie. And uh, Stanley's cameo. I've read all about it, of course. You've probably heard that Stanley is sitting there, like, in a, on the train and bus. No, I guess it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a train. And he's reading the, uh, the, uh, like a script to the Kevin Smith film Mallrats. So, uh, yeah, of course, uh, Kevin Smith came forward with tears in his eyes, his hair pulled out of his head. And that was a seriously emotional moment for him. And that Stan Lee's sitting there reading his script to Mallrats. So the movie takes place in 1995. Mallrats was filmed in 1995. So hats off to Kevin Smith. He's got to be so jazzed that Stan Lee was there paying tribute to him or maybe in the slightest of way passing a small torch. Like Stanley has all the torches and a lot of them are giant, but maybe he's passing a a small torch because Kevin Smith is that comic book, book advocate in our world today, folks. So that had to be very cool. And one other thing I thought about Stan Lee's cameo is that I know that Marvel was kind of setting him up as Uatu, the Watcher, as his cameos always are kind of a different person, a security guard, a DJ, <laughs> Deadpool, I love when he's a DJ in a strip club, and uh, and so on and so forth. This is the one where it's very clearly Stan Lee is playing himself because he's reading a script that he's going to cameo in a film. So interesting to think about. It uh, Maybe there's some... A new twist that they're moving forward with all these Stanley cameos that they have in in the can because I've been I've been reading that they have a bunch of them all filmed for various movies etc that are that are coming for the Marvel Universe so maybe they're building away from the Watcher thing and as this uh, this amazing creator that had a fantasy and created comic book characters and then they came to life in Earth 616 or something I, I, it just gets the mind wandering and again very cool that it's uh Hats off to Kevin Smith and how happy he must be and that that Stanley was reading a Mallrat script. That's just so very cool. And uh, it was lovely to see him. I, I got choked up and uh, he's repeating something. Stanley, that's very cool. It's a line that he says in the in the cameo of Ma- uh, the Mallrats movie. I went back and watched it and uh, the movie, 1995 Kevin Smith movie called Mallrats. Stanley is in like five minutes of it. It's more than a cameo. He's got like a small part in the film. He's talking to uh, Jason Lee for quite a while, and there's like a, a little rouge that's going on. It's great. Go and YouTube it and watch that five-minute little cameo. It'll, it'll get you verklempt, as it did for me, I'm sure. And bonus scenes of Captain Marvel. Uh, of course, we were all expecting and waiting and white-knuckle fisting our, the endgame, Avengers endgame, you know, deleted scene and it it pays off very much so it's there folks it it uh, won't lay out the whole scene but it's there and it gets us ramped up for avengers endgame in april and and then there's the post 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 credit scene that's just a funny one not not any really kind of heavy storytelling going on in there but it's fantastic as well and gross involve involving uh <laughs> involving goose the cat yeah it's kind of gross but 
those bonus scenes paid off. Fantastic had the crowd kind of kind of cheering and excited, especially that uh, tease into Avengers Endgame. So hats off, they did it right. They fan service, they gave it to us. It was a shorter scene than I thought because that that scene is kind of tied into the end Avengers Endgame trailer that we've seen. So it's kind of a little extension of that, except for maybe the last twenty seconds of it. So yes, you wanted more, but that's the whole point, right? Is to get us just just foaming to uh, to get more Avengers Endgame and they just tickle us they just tease us they just uh, they just give us a little sprinkle but it was enough and oh very cool uh, as I sat there reading the credits waiting for the end 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 post 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 scene like I said don't leave until they're sweeping the place there's a final final scene folks is to see Kelly Sue DeConnick's name in the credits so she's a fantastic comic book creator congratulations to Kelly Sue DeConnick she uh, is a was the Marvel writer of Captain Marvel from 2012 to 2014, and she's responsible for a lot of Captain Marvel's characterization, a lot of the look of Captain Marvel in the movie. Uh, it, she's someone that is just, it, for me, I highly respect her. Is just a very positive feminist activist. Uh, she's she's a fantastic writer. Eisner winner, by the way, for for 2014. Uh, Pretty deadly was the name of the title. Kelly Sue DeConnick, and she's currently writing Bitch Planet. You should definitely check that out from Image Comics. But uh, very, very cool. Hats off. Tip of the cap. Uh, gave me the chills. Proud comic book moment to see Kelly Sue DeConnick's name in the credits. I was scrolling through. I'm looking for names that I recognize of comic book creators, and that was one that I was really hoping was there because, like I said, she was the sculptor of how we see Captain Marvel now in the film. And and so hats off. Congratulations. Kelly Sue DeConnick, fantastic comic book creator. So overall, wrapping it up now, oh man, of how many sunspots do I give Captain Marvel? The answer to that is, overall, I give it a 4.25 out of 5 sunspots. A solid good, a solid B, an 85%. I will definitely be seeing it a second time in the theaters for sure. That actually says a ton right there. That's a big deal. And uh, it is a buy for me absolute buy when it comes out available for purchase and when i say it's a big deal when i want to see it for a second time in the theaters i did not see black panther a second time in the theater i did not see doctor strange a second time in the theater that i remember so there you go there's something right there that tells you but 4.25 out of 5 sunspots go and get go and look at it go see it immediately the world is it's surpassed like 455 million dollars it's breaking records congratulations uh, it makes me so super happy to see a, finally, Marvel's, uh, <laughs> out of its 21 films, the first uh, female centerpiece film where she is the head lead in a film, Captain Marvel. Go see it, folks. It's fantastic. Get some Captain Marvel merch and wear it proudly. So there's my review of Captain Marvel. And another thing that's lodged up in my nerdy brain really good is the announcement that Netflix has secured the movie rights to make a film called The Old Guard. The Old Guard, it's based on a comic book series by Greg Rucka and artist Leandro Fernandez. Uh, Netflix has Gina Price Bithwood directing. I know I've kind of heard her name. She has been out there. That's a big deal to get her. And actors Charlize Theron and Kiki Lane. That's a big deal uh, in this to have in this female-fronted action film, as they're kind of quoting it. But I really enjoyed the five-issue miniseries, the comic book miniseries of Old Guard from Image Comics. It's kind of about these immortal soldiers that 
get together every so often. They're definitely a ragtag group uh, that are constantly kind of at each other's throats. But they ha- they found out there's this new kind of evil immortal that emerges, and they've got to kind of band together and you know fight this foe that is equally as powered or more powerful than them and is also immortal, tough to kill. So it's just very stylized, hyper-action series, again, called The Old Guard. Glad to see Netflix is making a movie out of it. There have been no dates uh, set for the Netflix film called The Old Guard, but I'm very excited to see this comic book called The Old Guard come to life on Netflix soon, probably in the next year or two, because they've already got actors, directors, and Netflix has already signed on, so you know what that means. When they when Netflix goes that far, it's uh, pretty much 99% gonna happen so kind of cool to see another comic book movie uh, from image coming out on netflix called the old guard i'll uh, post something very soon on social media to kind of share my excitement about it and the last thing floating around inside of my nerdy brain is i'm actually making my very own comic book called zombie destroyers and it has been so much fun i'm so very proud of it i can't wait to release it we have all 30 pages at this point done for issue one, and I guess can't, we're in the finalization part of it. I'm actually, I created it, I'm doing the writing, I'm doing the lettering, and uh, please follow the Zombie Destroyers team on Instagram. There's artist Jordan Hudson at Skablad, S-K-A-B-L-A-D-D, and colorist Caroline Nalasco at Carol N. Art. So please check out the team. Thank you guys. Thank you to the Zombie Stories team for just helping make my dream of making a comic book become a reality. And if you want to see what it looks like uh, early, like right now, to go get a glimpse of Zombie Destroyers, just go over to sunspotscomics.com and click on Zombie Destroyers. I actually posted three gloriously beautiful colored sample pages done from Mr. Jordan Hudson at Skablad. So check it out, sunspotscomics.com. Click on Zombie Destroyers to see my comic book. Next up is a quick mention of the interview segment of our podcast. It's called Spotlighting. Spotlighting is where I share our conversations with comic book creators. Please check out the Spotlighting interview that's on our Sunspots Comics podcast feed right now that I'm super proud of. It's a conversation with comic book creator, writer, artist, Daniel Warren Johnson. It's definitely one of the highlights of my life of speaking to a comic book creator. It was it's a fantastic conversation that we have. He created, wrote, and did the art for two of my favorite comic books of all time called Extremity and Murder Falcon from Image Comics. Both of those comics, by the way, have been top Sunspots Comics picks of the week, so I definitely recommend them. And more than once, by the way, so they're really that good. We talk about Daniel Warren Johnson's his process of making comics, how he got into the comic book business and broke in, and just so much more. We actually nerded out for almost two hours. So I'm very super proud of it. I'm a super fan of Daniel Warren Johnson. Please check it out. He's a comic book creator that I seriously highly respect and hope to be like one day. Plus, I even played a couple of his metal-shredding guitar tracks. He's a fantastic guitarist on the intro and outro of the interview. So check it out and listen to Daniel Warren Johnson on the Spotlighting feed on our Sunspots Comics feed. Also, on Sunspots Comics Podcast 196, I'm very proud of this one, too. I have two short interviews from this year's Long Beach Comic Expo. One with Marguerite Benner, Bennett, who is the writer of Animosity from Aftershock, and DJ Kirkbride. He's the writer of Aaron Boys from Image Comics. you got to listen to those. They are two fantastic comic book creators. Check them out and so many other great interviews with comic book creators on our Sunspots Comics Podcast feed. Spotlighting, that's what it is. 
Oh, and by the way, if you work in comic books or you're trying to break into the comic book business like me, let's have a fun chat about your comic book right here on a future Sunspots Comics podcast. I do have to, of course, genuinely like love your comic book and enjoy it to help promote it. But send me an, a message or a review copy of your comic book to my email, chris at sunspotscomics.com. So, or message me at sunspotscomics so we can set that interview up. So now, on to the AllSpark, the super-powered main event, the Sunspots Comics podcast of the podcast, where we talk about my comic book recommendations that I'm about to give to you. And this is for the new comic books that just came out, New Comic Book Day, Wednesday, March 6th. And just in case... Here is your super-duper light, semi-spoiler-ish alert! But seriously, do not worry. I really just try to inspire you to go buy these comics. I really don't spoil them. I never discuss the last few pages or even talk about what the cliffhanger is at the end. And I only discuss some of the interesting points that makes up these brand new comic books. But just in case, you've been super-duper light, semi-spoiler-ish alerted. And before I get into the top comic books, let me announce this week's artist winner and cover artist winner of the week. Every week I pick what I believe that is the best of the comic book art that just came out. So you gotta put your eyeballs on these right away. You'll just be so happy that you did. It's comic book art at its best. So this week, the man, it was a, like an amazing week of covers. I had a difficult time picking out a favorite comic book cover. It was, there was like four, I finally got it down to four and it was tough, but the one I actually went with, my top pick for best comic book cover artist of the week is Greg Smallwood for Star Wars Vader Dark Visions issue number one for Marvel Comics. Follow him at Savage Smallwood on everything. He's absolutely one of my favorite artists, comic book artists of all time and a multiple cover art and artist winner. And uh, this cover is absolutely striking. You got to look at it again. This is Star Wars Vader Dark Visions issue number one. There is this red sunset background and this foggy grittiness. That's definitely Greg Smallwood's style. And Darth Vader is riding on this just dark black alien steed of some sort, like an alien horse kind of thing. And he's wielding his lightsaber and he's even holding a shield with the Imperial crest on it. Yes. And I absolutely love and adore the way that Greg Smallwood has drawn Darth Vader's ominous, dark, red, glowing eyes. They're just staring down upon you. It's absolute badassery at its best. So, you won, Greg Smallwood. You are the cover artist winner of the week with Star Wars Vader Dark Visions issue number one. Check them out. It's gorgeous. Mr. Greg Smallwood at Savage Smallwood. Fantastic. Easily the cover artist winner of the week. But yeah, there were so many good ones. And now, on to the Artist Winner of the Week. The Artist Winner of the Week actually goes to Gerardo Zaffino for Conan the Barbarian, issue number four from Marvel. I do believe that this is the first time I've seen his art. I'm not familiar with his work. I now follow him on everything, which you should. Uh, definitely give him a follow at just his name, Gerardo Zaffino, Z-A-F-F-I-N-O. Again, this is his uh, interior artwork. Wins him Artist Winner of the Week for Conan the Barbarian, issue number four. And uh, congrats. I am now a fan of yours for life. Uh, this is absolutely stunning. Go look at Conan the Barbarian issue number four. Uh, Mr. Zafino's artwork is dark. It's shadowy. It's super detailed. And it fits so perfectly to Conan. I, it's, I can't even tell you how well it pairs. And even when Mr. Gerardo Zafino does these super zoom-ins, 
where it's just like you get this super close up of Conan's just angry orangish red eye and this furrowed brow and this nose crinkle. It's absolutely so realistic. You just feel the anger because it's drawn so perfectly well. I love also all over this, there are these like brush strokes that go outside of the panels. It gives it a kind of realistic painted organic feeling. Uh, I love that style and look of it. It just harkens back to this classic style of art for Conan, like Frank Rosetta stuff going all the way back, but but grittier and modern and a little different. But it just kind of makes me feel like like Frank Rosetta would be so very proud of this of of his interpretation of Conan the Barbarian that is Gerardo Zafino's wonderful art. And uh, panel shapes and the positioning of the panels are are actually very traditional. Pretty standard here, but the splash pages, which there are at least four or five, I, I would say, single and double page splashes that are just glorious to look at of Conan the Barbarian standing. My, maybe my favorite splash page is when Conan's standing there, he's got this kind of skull mask, and he's standing in the rain with his trusty lion companion. Yes, Conan's that badass. He's walking around with a lion, and it's raining, and they're standing there, and he's just staring at us, both... The lion and Conan are staring at us with these red, just bloodlusty eyes. It's just wonderful. It's a breath of fresh air. Uh, that is easily why Mr. Gerardo Zafino is uh, the of Conan the Barbarian, issue number four from Marvel, is easily the artist winner of the week. So thank you, Gerardo Zafino. And now the breakdown. I actually read on my pull list this week 18 comic books. Pretty decent sized week of comics. And only four of those comic books made it to the Great Ones recommendation list. That's right. It's got to be great or it does not make it to the list. And I don't discuss it or recommend it to you. So it's got to be that great. And new number ones. <clears throat> this had to be a record. I had 10 new number ones this week. So of the 18 comics, more than half of them were brand new number ones. That's got to be a record. I don't think it's ever happened in the three years I've been doing the podcast. Almost four years. Man, that's crazy. May of 2015. Nuts. Um, anyway, 10 brand new number ones and three of the brand new, of the 10 brand new number ones made it to the top pick list. The other seven were good, uh, but, uh, those, they gotta be great. Or like I said, they will not make the Sunspots Comics top pick list. And by the way, make sure you, uh, grab those three new number ones I'm about to mention here in a second that I discuss. So you can just be in on all the fun from the very beginning and not miss anything. So there's always something special about that. So pay attention closely when I mention that it's a brand new number one. Here are the top picks. Uh, this is the list. This is what I consider to be the best of the new comic books that just came out. Wednesday, new comic book day, March 6th. I strongly recommend you go to your local comic book shop today and buy these four comics that I'm about to tell you about. And by the way, I actually support a local comic book shop that I want to give a shout out to. It's called Comic Madness. It's in Ontario, California. If you're ever in the area, check them out. Say hello to owner Lee and manager Jeremy. Jeremy, by the way, has uh, been kind enough to do a variant cover to Zombie Destroyers issue number one, the comic book that I'm creating. He's working on it as we speak, so I can't wait to see it. So check out Jeremy. He's a fantastic artist on his Instagram at SkeletonKing82. And by the way, please support your local comic book shops. Do that. Go buy these four comics immediately. But here we go now. So here's the list. I said there were four of them. They're great comic books. So get your pencils out. Here we go. <laughs> Coming in at number four is Meet the Scrolls, issue number one for Marvel Comics. This has a fantastic cover, by the way, from Marcos Martin, who I love whenever he works with Brian K. Vaughn, by the way. And it's just of the Scroll family. Uh, you're looking at a picture frame of the family that's 
they looked like normal humans, and as the frame smashed onto the floor, the reveal that they are scrolls is there. So it's beautiful Marcos Martin art. Absolutely gorgeous. You got to look at it. Written by Robbie Thompson and interior art by Nico Henrichen. Henrichen. Henrichen? Something like that. Anyway, sorry. But uh, <laughs> uh, fantastic, glorious interior art. It doesn't feel like a, a Marvel comic, a traditional kind of, you know, art style that you typically see in a lot of Marvel comics. It's very much outside of that. It looks very indie. looks very kind of... It uh, could be a, a, a Dark Horse comic, a Boom, a Dynamite, an Image uh, comic. But I love uh, this take here. So, the sort of... The whole kind of core of this comic is just the scrolls in hiding and how they are sort of plotting to, again, make their reveal in on Earth. And it's done by this, this kind of very uh, traditional nuclear family that is initially in the first sequence which may be my f favorite sequence of the of meet the scrolls issue number one where a younger a scroll character uh she's she's uh given the mission to infiltrate like like uh popular cliques in high school like that's got to be one of the toughest things on the planet or on any planet is to to sort of crack in to the upper echelon clique in high school and that's what she's been given the mission of and she's not doing very good at it and i love that i absolutely love that sequence it feels realistic it's a little heartbreaking it's kind of like you know you want to be popular but you you just can't and she's whatever like uh, you know doesn't meet the clicks criteria not pretty enough not cool enough not whatever enough not the right clothing just those lame rules of course that that is most of maybe not high school now but you know back in my day the horribleness that is these upper echelon clicks and so uh, there's this, this wonderful family sequence where they're back at the dinner table and they're not allowed to be scrolls at the dinner table. So they have to morph into their human, their human, you know, uh, the way they look in human form and talk about their day. Just have a regular kind of nuclear family talk about the day. How was your day, honey? And, and they're all having these fantastic stories of achievement and how they're cracking in to the inner workings of whatever it is they're trying to break into, which all seems very small uh, except for one that's kind of uh, the wife is trying to break into this uh, this this politician's inner sanctum. So there's a little bit of maybe something a little bigger happening there. But the rest of it seems very small. And yes, our sort of main youngest of the scroll family here has to kind of describe how she sort of failed at breaking in to this upper echelon high school clique. Which I believe she, in my opinion, has the toughest of all the family's missions as they're laid out talking at the dinner table. So... I kind of want, I, I got to know where this goes. It leaves in a great cliffhanger. It's kind of just set up here. Oh, and maybe my second favorite sequence is when Tony Stark crashes into the lab where the dad scroll is. And of course, he's just in his human form. And, and Tony Stark is asking for, can someone give me some science help here as he's fighting this foe? And, and so it's just a, a snarky moment where he definitely doesn't uh, show any appreciation to the father scroll. So there's a little of that there. But I also love that overall you kind of get a sense, and I hope this is where the kind of storytelling is going from on, in Meet the Scrolls issue number one, and that they're kind of drinking the humans' Kool-Aid, if you will. They're kind of they're kind of falling in love. They're kind of uh, you know becoming American Indians, as they say to a lot of those films. Are like you know they're they're morphing into our ways. We're we're bleeding in uh, to to their. Their psyche and they're falling in love with us a little. I just think that tinge of that is there and it's subtle and I love that kind of writing 
Uh, and so that's why I really enjoyed Meet the Scrolls, issue number one. You got to check it out. And that, you got to look at this beautiful cover from Marcos Martin. It's just wonderful, wonderful stuff. But now on to the top three comic book recommendations of the week. The big three. Here we go. Coming in at number three is another number one. It's Astro Hustle, issue number one. And this is from Image Comics. No, Dark Horse Comics, I'm sorry. And this is uh, written by Jai Nitz. And this is art from Tom Riley. And uh, beautiful, beautiful coloring. Lots of purples and reds from Vasula Decay, I do believe, or Ursula Decay. (laughs) Sorry about that. But man, wonderful, glorious, just neon bright colors. And uh, by the way, what's kind of cool, our artist winner of the week, Greg Smallwood, he's actually credited for creating the logo of Astro Hustle. And I love how 70s it looks. It just is right from my childhood. You got to see it. it. It could absolutely be the, the. it's like a roller derby team logo. That's what it reminds me of. It's perfect. Astro Hustle. And what a, gor- a glorious cover. It's just, uh, it's space pirate action. Like, right, it's just so perfectly framed. It's like, like an Indiana Jones movie poster. It's so perfectly done. I love the art from Tom Riley here. And uh, you got to put your eyes on this. But this is an absolutely kind of fun space pirate romp but with a heavier edge to it with a darker sort of uh real stakes and people kind of get killed in some nasty ways in this in the in the first sequence which i thought was very cool because it's kind of like a 70s space party and it's like in a on a satellite or some space station and they're gonna have a party they're gonna experiment with some psychotropics and uh people are very scantily dressed and there is a couple that kind of express their love for each other. It's a nice little opening sequence of that, like an alien woman and a human woman. And, uh, and then uh, stuff hits the s- s- space stuff hits the space fan, folks. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> and so that's just this lovely opening that you wonder what this is connected to. And they do tell you, uh, or do they, eventually, as to kind of where this fits in, but you're just kind of, wow, it's that it's that cool kind of movie opening sequence that you see that's kind of gives you a, a real just very clear understanding of this sort of world we live in. It's, it's fun looking and space, but then it's heavy and a little bloody and dark and takes a twisty turn. So that's Astro Hustle in a nutshell. That's what it's really all about. And uh, it has a fantastic ending here. I love it. It makes me uh, absolutely need some more, like right away. And uh, it's really centered around this character named, I want to say his name is Chen. He is a, he's a kind of a Han Solo-ish, does some good, does some bad out there in space, has a reputation, and he's in prison. And uh, is that where he's going to stay? There's going to be, there's kind of this space court scene, which I love that. There's there's all kinds of alien races that are represented in this space court so, yeah, there's lasers, there's space pirates, there's talking space pirate dogs. Yes, anthropomorphic characters like that. There's even an almost kind of space pirate Hulk that's in this, and I love it. But uh, it's got a lot of humor built into it. There's just moments of, like, where the where the space pirates are cheering, and there's a giant, uh, um, I love the word block, it says, hooray! Like, everyone's just cheering. And there's a lot of sort of happy, joyous, fun moments in this. You gotta check it out. Like I said, it's Space Pirates with a dark twist. That's Astro Hustle. Hustle. Astro Hustle, issue number one uh, from uh, Image Comics. Again, fantastic, fun writing from Giant Nits. 
and wonderful art from Tom Riley. Fantastic. Absolute contender for cover artist winner of the week and contender for artist winner of the week. That is Astro Hustle, issue number one. Get it. It's great stuff. And coming in at number two, this is our cover artist winner of the week. It is Star Wars Dark Vision. Star Wars Vader Dark Visions, issue number one. And again, our cover artist winner of the week with Greg Smallwood. Follow him at Savage Smallwood on everything. And uh, man, this is just fantastic. Like I said, the cover is glorious. Darth Vader wielding a sword, the Imperial Crest shield. He's riding an alien steed with his red background. It's just such a great setting. And we initially sort of see this story told. It's a strange alien planet. And it's told from a young kid that's been told to go underground. They kind of live underground. He's like, they keep giving him orders to let's go here. He's like, nah. He's like, don't forget to get this. He's like, nah. He's like this very rebellious little kid kind of flying around in his hoverboard. His <laughs> Back to the Future-esque kind of magnetic hoverboard as he kind of skits through town of the planet. That is absolutely apocalyptic. It has just been blown to bits because there is this giant kaiju shark creature that has destroyed the planet. Just it's in rubble because of that. But this kid is sort of tired of hiding, sort of tired of living under the underground, just tired of constantly running. He wants to just find some of this fruit that's on the planet. But as soon as he's just out trying to be a kid and have a good time and get a piece of fruit, this giant kaiju shark is on his tail and is out there. So it's just hostile world. And then it goes into maybe my favorite sequence after that. Right after the first sequence, there is this absolutely epic Star Wars battle splash page that's a just glorious two-page star wars it's fantastic you've got x-wing fighters and tie fighters and star destroyers and giant rebel ships fleets going at each other in this beautiful just space opera and it's you just want to stop and look and look at all the details of the tie fighters blowing up x-wings it's glorious i i stopped and looked at it i was playing a star wars soundtrack as i'm reading Star Wars, Vader, Dark Visions, which I always recommend. <laughs> Whenever you're reading a Star Wars comic, especially, put on some John Williams Star Wars soundtrack, folk. Any of the movies, doesn't matter. It'll get you all pumped and enjoying reading a Star Wars comic book. But, man, uh, having Darth Vader battle a giant shark kaiju is... I know it's mashing together so many things, right? Uh, monster movies and Star Wars and kaiju and... Uh, so many things. Back to the Future. It's all in there, but man, they pull it off so perfectly well. Oh, by the way, the team here for uh, Star Wars Vader Dark Visions is Dennis Hopeless Hallam and uh, Paolo Villanelli on art. Great art. Just very fitting Star Wars, clean, cartooning style with an edge and very adult. It looks kind of very Giuseppe Camincoli, who's done... Uh, I think the last two volumes or sprinkled in the last two volumes of Darth Vader which were excellent by the way Darth Vader has been a constant continual multiple cover artist winner of the week artist winner of the week and also it's been a bunch of times the number one pick of the week so I definitely recommend the last three volumes this is like volume three of Darth Vader they have been fantastic the last I don't know three years or so of Darth Vader has been some fantastic fun fa absolutely glorious comic books so get those but Anyway, uh, yeah, what happens? Vader fight it, fighting a giant shark kaiju. Uh, you're going to have to read it to find out. But there's a lot of fun, a lot of action, a lot of uh, lightsabery stuff going on. And it's, I guess it's going to be five uh, issues, that is, uh, this Vader, Dark Visions, that are all individual standalones. So I am all for that. 
And it's all about, I guess, the sort of perception as to what other planets, how they perceive Darth Vader. Is he this dark, ominous destroyer, or is he this um, this valiant uh, knight of of justice? I mean, this one planet is in rubble uh, from this kaiju. Maybe maybe some things happen here where he's looked at a little differently. So that's what I guess the the, the sort of crutch of this is going to be, which is five individual standalone vader story so i can't wait to read them all dark vision star wars vader issue number one get it it's our cover artist winner of the week from greg smallwood beautiful beautiful stuff it's just so inspiring but here we go on to the number one top comic book pick of the week that's right this is the jedi master the king the supreme leader the number one top comic book pick of the week is conan the barbarian Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Issue number four uh, from Marvel Comics this is written by one of the best writers of all time in the biz, Jason Aaron. And this is our artist winner of the week, Mr. Gerardo Zaffino or Gerardo Zaffino. Absolutely. Follow him on everything. His name, Gerardo Zaffino. And uh, man, what a powerhouse team here. Jason Aaron, one of the best writers of all time, powered up with Gerardo Zaffino's art. And uh, man, by the oh, by the way, the cover... Here, again, another nominee for cover winner of the week is from Isad Ribic. That's right. He's well-known for doing a ton of Thor covers and so much more. But, uh, man, he does this fantastic cover of Conan the Barbarian, issue number four, of King Conan, the little older old man Conan sitting on his throne of antlers. And, uh, and it's just this. He's just poised and has this look of determination. It's just beautiful and stunning. You gotta look at Esad Ribic's cover to Conan the Barbarian, issue number four. But man, uh, this was just overall awesome. If, if I had like a, like a favorite panel of the week or panel of the month or whatever, favorite panel winner, this I think would win it with this one panel where it's just absolutely fantastic where I, I, I told you about it earlier uh, where he's standing in the rain with his uh, lion companion and they're all they're both of their eyes are just kind of reddish orange staring at you with these blood lusty eyes it's just fantastic uh, but the core of this which is so good is that Conan has to be kind of a vigilante he has to be a, a hero of the night a superhero and go out into his kingdom because he's He's kind of continually hounded to be this politician and sign documents and talk about taxation. And that is literally and physically making Conan sick. He like gets this flu from sitting, basically, <laughs> and doing nothing and not slaying people with his sword. So he has to sort of put on this crazy skull mask and go out into the sneak out into the night, which he has his lion companion guard the door so that people think he's sleeping or that he's sick as he goes out and kind of writes the wrongs that are being done in his kingdom you know and in not a quiet fashion he's just murdering these evil people that are just evil doers in his in his town that he is the king of and and then oh there's this other i'm looking at this that maybe my second favorite uh, splash page is when it's a hyper close-up single splash page of Conan's red eyes and this absolute look of just feral anger and he's wearing his skull mask and it just looks great he just looks like a superhero and he's punching something where he's just so angry that it's just he's just punching a like red goo it's like it like he's super angry and just punching a bag of blood or something <laughs> that's what it looks like but it's this super hyper close-up he's so angry it's so amazingly beautiful. You got to look at it. It's right around the staple 
in the maybe page 12 or so of Conan the Barbarian issue number four. But, oh, and maybe my favorite story part of it is when he is, of course, Conan the Barbarian is ill from not killing people and sitting just stagnant in his throne. He's literally catching the flu. And he goes to visit this lion that's in his cage that like another sort of king or another of another land gave to him as a gift. And it's he sees himself in this lion, just a caged lion. And he's like, fight me, lion. He's like, come on. He lets the lion loose. And he's like, come on, take me on, fight me. And the lion is just broken. And that's how Conan feels. So it's like this reflection. She's looking into this reflection that is a lion. He's the, it, the lion is the human persona of him and or the lion persona of Conan. And so he realizes then like what he has to do. He has to go out and and swing justice onto evildoers. <laughs> but uh, man, it's fantastic. I, I hope this thread continues and then he keeps going out into the world as the secret vigilante. But I think we're going to get right back in to the previous story arc, which is this new sort of evil bad guy. Uh, and the evil bad guy has uh, these two kid companions that are looking to, to basically take all the blood of Conan because the blood of kings and the blood of someone that defies death for so long has heavy-duty magical powers, and that is the blood of Conan. So they really want his blood to bring forth this evil demon onto the earth, of course. So I think we're going to go back into that on issue five. But I hope we see more of this fantastic art from um, from Gerardo Zafino. Uh, just so inspiring, so gorgeous. And of this great storyline, like I said, it's Conan the Barbarian having the flu from sitting around and having to go out and be a vigilante and wear this skull mask. It's fantastic. It's a really just a standalone issue. You don't really have to read the previous ones. There's a lot of Conan comics coming out. I saw there's a new number one Conan coming out next week. And there's also like the Savage Sword of Conan. But in my opinion, in my opinion, this has been the top pick. This has been the best uh, of the two. And we'll see what next week brings with another new Conan. But get this one. Conan the Barbarian, issue number four. It stands alone, like I said. Fantastic issue of Conan the Barbarian. Easily the number one pick of the week in a great week of comics. So, yeah, that good. Go get it. So there you go. Those are our new comic book recommendations for this week. That's for New Comic Book Day, March 6th. Let me lock the comic book vault door. There you go. Now, please go to a local comic book shop and buy these four comic books immediately. I'm telling you, you'll be so happy that you did. It's got my stamp of approval on all four of these. And if you have any questions, comments, or you want a personal comic book recommendation, email me directly to chris at sunspotscomics.com. And to see the entire Sunspots Comics universe encapsulated into one place, just go and check out sunspotscomics.com. Click on the pull list and you'll see all 90 comic book titles that I'm currently reading. Yeah, there's that many. And also click on Top Comic Books of the Week and you'll see all of my past top comic book picks. They're all there. I update my site every week. I'm very proud of it. Go check out sunspotscomics.com. And hey, maybe you want some free comic books. Well, check this out. On Sunspots Comics Podcasts, we give away free Marvel digital comic book codes. And there are still some unclaimed code codes available. Just listen to the past Sunspots Comics podcasts that are on our feed. Grab the Marvel digital comic book code that I usually... Read towards the beginning of each podcast. Go to marvel.com slash redeem, punch in the code, and see if you've won. That's it. It's that easy. So go and get them, and good luck. And also thank you to our sponsor, Cryptid Zoo. My buddy, Julian, hand makes these awesome augmented reality t-shirts. They're all based on cryptozoology, 
which you don't see a lot of shirts out there based on cryptozoology. And all you do is you take your HP Reveal app and your smartphone, you put them together, and every Cryptid Zoo t-shirt will come to life with a video presentation. That's very cool. You gotta see it. Most importantly, go to cryptidzoo.com and use the promotional code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you'll get 25% off of your order. Yes, go check them out and say hello to Julian at cryptidzoo.com. And please tune in next week for issue 200. I can't believe it's been 200 episodes of the Sunspots Comics podcast. Wow, time absolutely flies. Where I'll actually be reading 19 new comic books on my poll list uh, for New Comic Book Day, March 13th. And of those 19, six of them are new number ones, which I'm definitely going to check out. That is actually, again, a lot for new number ones. We had 10 last week that were new number ones, and six coming up next week that are new number ones that I will definitely check them all out and don't forget our pledge here at sunspots comics is we're going to read all of them read a ton of comic books but only tell you about the greatest of the new comic books so that you can save some time and save some money that's what it's really all about so please help us out tell a nerdy loved one about the sunspots comics podcast please give us a five-star review with some positive words on itunes that really helps us and if you do so, by the way, I'll even give you a shout-out on a future podcast and mail you a comic book prize package from me as just a small token of my appreciation. And by the way, every link, every site, every person, everything that I mention and discuss on this podcast, there will be links to it on the podcast notes. So check that out. It'll save you a bunch of time to find all the stuff that I'm talking about. But right here, seriously, deeply from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for listening. I hope that you grabbed some of my happy, awesome comic book enthusiasm and take it with you for the rest of your day. I just hope the rest of your day ends up fantastic. Uh, but sincerely, thank you for listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast. Now go! Spend some quality time with the ones that you love and adore. Read some comic books together. Try it. It's fantastic. And like our good friend Stan used to say, hang loose, heroes. See you next week, guys. To be continued. Comics now.